0: We'll open
1: your Bibles, if you would, to Exodus chapter 35. We're hastening on to the end of Exodus. After today, we have just three sermons left on this mighty book. Exodus 35, verse 1. Then Moses gathered all the congregation of the children of Israel together and said to them, These are the words which the Lord has commanded you to do. Work shall be done for six days, but the seventh day shall be a holy day for you, a Sabbath of rest to the Lord. Whoever does any work on it shall be put to death. You shall kinder no fire throughout your habitations on the Sabbath day. And Moses spoke to all the congregation of the children of Israel, saying, This is the thing which the Lord commanded, saying, Take from among you an offering to the Lord. Whoever is of a willing heart, let him bring it as an offering to the Lord. Gold, silver, and bronze, blue and purple and scarlet yarn, fine linen thread and goat's hair, ram skins, dyed red, badger skins, and acacia wood, oil for the light, and spices for the anointing oil and for the sweet incense, onyx stones, and stones to be set in the ephod and in the breastplate. All who are skillful among you shall come and make all that the Lord has commanded, the tabernacle, its tent, its covering, its clasps, its, bill- its boards, its bars, its pillars, and its sockets. The ark and its poles with the mercy seat and the veil of the covering. The table and its poles, all its utensils, and the showbread. Also the lampstand for the light, its utensils, its lamps, and the oil for the light. The incense altar, its poles, the anointing oil, the sweet incense, and the screen for the door at the entrance of the tabernacle. The altar of burnt offering with its bronze grating, its poles, all its utensils, and the labor and its base. The hangings of the court, its pillars, their sockets, and the screen for the gate of the court, the pegs of the tabernacle, the pegs of the court, and their cords, and the garments of ministry for ministering in the holy place, the holy garments for Aaron the priest, and the garments of his sons to minister as priests. And all the congregation of the children of Israel departed from the presence of Moses. Then every one came whose heart was stirred, and every one whose spirit was willing, and they brought the Lord's offering for the work of the tabernacle of meeting, for all its service, and for the holy garments. They came, both men and women, as many as had a willing heart, and brought earrings and nose rings, rings and necklaces, all jewelry of gold, that is, every man who offered an offering of gold to the Lord. And every man with whom was found blue and purple and scarlet, fine linen, goat's hair, red skins of rams, and badger skins, brought them. Everyone who offered an offering of silver or bronze brought the Lord's offering, and every one with whom was found acacia wood for any work of the service brought it. All the women who were gifted artisans spun yarn with their hands, and brought what they had spun of blue and purple and scarlet and fine linen. And all the women, women whose hearts stirred with wisdom spun yarn of goat's hair. The rulers brought onyx stones, and the stones to be set in the ephod and in the breastplate, and spices, and oil for the light, for the anointing oil, and for the sweet incense. The children of Israel brought a freewill offering to the Lord all the men and women whose hearts were willing to bring material for all kinds of work, which the Lord, by the hand of Moses, had commanded to be done. And Moses said to the children of Israel, See, the Lord is called by name Bezalel, the son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah. And he has filled him with the Spirit of God, in wisdom and understanding, in knowledge and all manner of workmanship, to design artistic works, to work in gold and silver and bronze, and cutting jewels for setting, and carving wood, and to work in all manner of artistic workmanship. And he has put in his heart the ability to teach, in him and Aholiab, the son of ahisamach of the tribe of Dan. He has filled them with skill to do all manner of work of the engraver and the designer and the tapestry maker, in blue and purple and scarlet and fine linen, and of the weaver, those who do every work, and those who design artistic works. And Bezalel and Aholiab, and every gifted artisan in whom the Lord has put wisdom and understanding to know how to do all manner of work for the service of the sanctuary, shall do according to all that the Lord has commanded. Then Moses called Bezalel and Aholiab, and every gifted artist in whose heart the Lord had put wisdom, everyone whose heart was stirred to come and do the work. And they received from Moses all the offering which the children of Israel had brought for the work of the service of making the sanctuary. So they continued bringing to him freewill offerings every morning. Then all the craftsmen who were doing all the work of the sanctuary came, each from the work he was doing. And they spoke to Moses, saying, The people bring much more than enough for the service of the work which the Lord commanded us to do. So Moses gave a commandment, and they caused it to be proclaimed throughout the camp, saying, Let neither man nor woman do any more work for the offering of the sanctuary. And the people were restrained from bringing, for the material they had was sufficient for all the work to be done, indeed, too much. Let's pray. Father, don't let us be lost in the lists. Help us to see that you provide for your dwelling place through your people's generosity. Continue to do that, we ask. Continue to provide for your dwelling place through your people's generosity. Help us to give. And help us to know that we are giving so you can dwell among us. We pray these things. Asking that you would give us focus on your word, heal our hearts, transform us to see the glory of the Son of God, the great temple builder. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, if you keep reading, you'll find that the tabernacle used roughly one ton of gold, two tons of silver, and three tons of bronze. And that was considered a portable structure. One ton of gold, two tons of silver, three tons of bronze. Now, you might hear this passage and say, all right, they were bringing stuff so that they could build a tabernacle. We should maybe bring stuff to build a building. There is no one-to-one correlation there. God's people were bringing, as Ephesians says, as Psalm 68 says, so the Lord God might dwell among them. They were giving to God's dwelling place. Today, where does God dwell? God dwells in his people. And so your call is still to be generous. But you're not primarily giving curtains and stuff like that. You're giving to people. Giving to your fellow saints. That's where God lives. That's where your generosity should be directed. A building can be part of that. right? Buildings help people. Keep them from freezing and keep them out of the wind and stuff like that. But our goal is not to build a fancy church building. It won't hurt us to build a building should the Lord call us to do that. But we are giving to one another. That's our mission. Because our goal is to give to the dwelling place of God. God doesn't live in a building God lives in the hearts of your brothers and sisters. God provides for his dwelling place through his people's generosity. That's what happens in the text before us. God provides for his dwelling place through his people's generosity. We will see several things here that God wants your time, that God will tell you what he wants. He wants you to give freely, he wants you to give what you can. He provides leaders to utilize the gifts, and his people provide more than enough. So we'll see all of those points across these verses. The first thing to notice is that the Sabbath is mentioned once again. If you recall, we'll just go back to the end of chapter 31. Chapter 31 ends by saying the children of Israel should keep the Sabbath. Once chapter 31 ends, we enter the golden calf interlude, chapters 32, 33, 34. As soon as the golden calf story is done at the end of chapter 34, we're back to the Sabbath at the beginning of chapter 35. The whole golden calf story is bracketed by mentions of the Sabbath. Not just mentions, but commands to keep the Sabbath. What does that tell us? Well, one thing it tells us is that God's rest is unbroken and unbreakable. Not even the vile golden calf can stop God from resting and inviting his people to rest. Second, the placement of this passage, where it's just before the list of all the other things God wants, tells us that the first thing God wants is not goatskins or cloth. The first thing God wants is your time. That's what the Sabbath is about a place for God. To live is important, but time with God is more important. The tabernacle is important, but the Sabbath day is more important. Sunday, the Sabbath, is the day for being with God in worship and fellowship, and He wants us to give that whole day to Him because He wants to be with us. That's why He starts this not by saying, Give me your stuff, give me your cloth, give me your gold, give me your fabric, No, he starts. you give me your wood. He starts by saying, give me your time. Don't work. Don't give this day to work. Give this day to me. Spend the day with me, delighting in me. Sunday is not the day, by and large, for us to do the accounts of the church, to do necessary business, to have a church work day and paint the walls that the Sunday is the day for the organic side of the church, the day where we build relationships with one another, where we enjoy spending time with one another. We're meeting for love. We're not meeting for work. So that's what the passage starts with. The command against kindling a fire in verse 3, that's the only place in the Bible that this appears. I would just say that our Reformed forebears, as strong as they are on Sabbath-keeping, universally would agree... This is one of those commands of Jewish strictness that does not apply to the New Covenant Sabbath. It's okay to light a fire on the Sabbath day. You don't have to refuse to start fires on this day. Well, the second thing we see is that God will tell you what He wants. And it's literally listed out here. All the things that God wants. The materials for the tabernacle... And then the services, the skills, the items that are to be made using those materials with skilled labor, God lifts all of that across a dozen verses here, or 16 verses. The goods, the services, it's all laid out. What you should notice, first of all, is that what God requests is valuable stuff. He's not asking them to bring a lot of brown paper, Or bring me all your used cardboard. He doesn't say that. He says all these things that are really expensive and hard to get, especially in the desert, like blue and purple and scarlet yarn. Purple and scarlet, as we talked about, those were made from dyes from the shell of a particular snail, and you have to dive under the water and gather thousands and thousands of these snails in order to make enough dye for a very small amount of fabric. It's not... Easy to get scarlet and purple fabric in this era, but God says, I want it. Use it for my dwelling place. God asks a lot. He deserves a lot. To give to the Lord is not a matter of 25 cents here and there. Giving to the Lord is costly, and it's important to recognize that. But God deserves a lot. He deserves everything. So don't skimp on giving to him in the persons of your fellow saints. Second thing God wants is services, skilled labor, skilled labor, skilled labor, making furniture, casting items in metal. Most of us don't know how to make furniture or cast items in metal, but God provides leaders to utilize those gifts. As it says farther down, verses 30 through chapter 36, verse 2, Aholiab, Bezalel, they're able to do all of these things, and what's more, they're able to train a crew to help them do all of these things. God provides for our gifts to be used. A pile of purple fabric and acacia wood is valuable, but it's not nearly as valuable and beautiful as the completed tabernacle. God continues to provide church leaders, like Aholiab and Bezalel, whose job it is to take your gifts and turn them into a beautifully ordered dwelling place for God. In other words, right, our giving is targeted and should be targeted, should be led by the leaders of the church. The rulers who will say, give here. Do this. Use your skills on this. You can build and give all kinds of things that you need to especially be working in the areas that the elders ask you to. So, that's skipping ahead. Back to verse 22. They came, men and women, as many as had a willing heart, and brought all of these things. God wanted them to give freely, and they did. The only ones who gave were the ones with a willing heart. God didn't say, Moses, go out and force them to give. The earth will open up and swallow everyone who doesn't give. There is no place for compelled giving in the church. No locking the doors and sending the plate around and around until it's full enough. We don't do that. You give if your heart is willing. We've criticized Israel for several things in the story of Exodus. They're complaining and so on, their golden calf. That means, on the flip side, we need to praise them. They gave. They gave generously, they gave abundantly. They may have had nothing. They were slaves. Then the Egyptians gave them all this stuff and they happily gave it to God. We need to be the same way. We need to give to God. We have to give, but again, only if we're willing. What makes your heart willing to give? Looking around and seeing all that God has given you is a good start. Meditate on his gifts. Look at His benefits. See the value of His presence. Know that He is worthy. Do you train yourself to see God's glory? When you do, you will give freely. When you understand the worthiness of Christ to receive anything you could possibly give, and you understand that inasmuch as you've done it for the least of these, you've done it for Him, that's when you will give freely. Well, different groups give what they can. The text specifically mentions men giving, men giving uh, especially all of the materials. The men are mentioned with the materials, the blue, the purple, the scarlet, the fine linen, the goat's hair, ram skins, badger skins. The whole bit is given by the men. The women, meanwhile, are mentioned as giving skills. They had the ability to spin with their hands to take the yarn to take the goat's hair, and to make linen, and blue and purple and scarlet fabric, and goat hair fabric, the women did this. They applied their skills to the raw materials contributed by the men, and they made the beautiful things for the house of God. And then the rulers, they gave onyx stones and the Precious stones for the ephod and the breastplate. They gave spices and oil for the light, for the anointing oil, and the sweet incense. What is this saying? Church leaders need to give. Pastors who are given to by the church need to give to the church. No one should say, I don't have to give to the church. The church gives to you, you give to the church. God gives to you, you give to God. So, men gave, women gave, Leaders gave. God provided leaders to utilize the gifts. And at the end of the chapter, or the end of the section, God's people provide more than enough. Enough services. All the craftsmen came, each from the work he was doing. There was a craftsman for everything that needed to be done. And there was more than enough goods. All of them. Obviously, Moses had to send people through the camp saying, Stop! No more! In fact, if you turn ahead to chapter 38... Verses 21 to 28, it lists how much was given of all of these different things. So, the one ton of gold, two tons of silver, three tons of bronze, that's all listed there as what was given for the tabernacle. Churches that are well run tend to quickly become rich organizations, they accumulate wealth over generations. God's people give more than enough. The text makes it sound like they did so in just a few days. It doesn't say for sure how long it took for the people to give too much. But we know that this is still true. Over time, the people of God are extremely generous and give far more than enough. The Lord has given gifts to us. We give them back to Him so that he can dwell among us. That's what Psalm 68 says, what Ephesians 5 says, the greatest gift he has given us is his son, with his son, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. God gives. We receive his gifts. And then we turn around and imitate him by giving back to others, which is how we give to him. Jesus is the Father's gift. You've been given him and so you should freely give. Let's pray. Father, make us a generous people. We have received countless untold precious gifts from you. Father, we thank and praise you for these. We want to thank and praise you better. We're so grateful. Make us more grateful. And help us in our gratitude to turn and give to one another. Help us to understand that it's not about buildings. It's not about nice things by the world's standards. That these are appropriate and fitting for you. But that what we really need to be doing is giving to one another. Walking in love. Making each other a fit dwelling place for you by your Spirit. Thank you that we participate with Jesus in the great work of temple building. Help us to give to one another. Give to the elders of this church great wisdom to direct the building, to help us give in the right places, build each other up in the ways that we most need for your honor and glory and the good of your dwelling place as you live among us. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.